All right, we are back. Welcome in to week three of the AI podcast. I'm Austin Coates. I'm here with Isaiah Sanders. This is our first stab at a remote broadcast now. I'm in Kansas City. Isaiah is in Nashville, Tennessee. Isaiah, how are things going this evening? Uh, Going well. Uh, Heading out later tonight to go watch the Ravens-Dolphins game after we're done with this, so excited to get some more football in. Yeah, and uh, wow, what a crazy week we kind of just came off of. Uh, You and I were just discussing before the... uh, before the start of this recording that that noon slate of games on Sunday was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we had teams winning that quite honestly had no business winning. Um, and quite honestly, some pretty big surprises. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the biggest surprise to me was that bills and Jaguars game. I, I thought Josh Allen company would really be able to handle, uh, Josh Allen and the Jaguars, but uh, Josh Allen, the defensive end out of Kentucky, uh, <laughs> and the Jaguars' defense made the game a living nightmare for the Bills. They just dominated at the line of scrimmage and really controlled this game, even with the offense not performing well. Obviously, the Jaguars only scored nine points, and they even missed three field goal opportunities. So just a crazy game there. Um, Urban Meyer gets his first win here in the United States, with that other win coming over in uh, London or whatever. So, crazy yeah, cra- crazy stat. This is the first time the Jaguars have won on United States soil in over two years. Just mind blowing to think that that's been a possibility and been a thing for them. And a buddy of mine actually sent me a picture of our buddy Herb. Uh, <laughs> A sly little pick, and the comment was, lock up your wives and daughters. <laughs> Urban got another W. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and just some other things. In the division, too, specifically the Denver Broncos, I think really shocked everybody by going into Jerry World and really sticking it to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the Broncos dominated that ball game. They were up 16-0 at halftime, and with six minutes left in the fourth quarter, they led 30-0. It was evident to me that Dak Prescott was not fully recovered from that calf injury. Obviously, they had Cooper Rush start last week. Uh, Dak was a little inaccurate. He threw a pick in the game, uh, 20 incompletions on the day, and more than anything, the Cowboys' defense could not stop the Denver running game with rookie Javante Williams. He carried the ball 17 times for just over 110 yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon had 80 yards on the ground and the, and the touchdown. So just really, a, you have to hand it to the Broncos. It was a dominant performance over what had been a hot Dallas team. So, Yeah, and of course the Chiefs will get the opportunity to play the Broncos two times down the stretch. Uh, the Broncos, widely regarded as most as being the quote-unquote easiest remaining games for the Chiefs, I don't know. Um, after seeing that performance, you just have to think that that game, those two games against the Broncos are going to be competitive. Yeah, um, I think I really think the Broncos, last point here on the Broncos, but they just had something to, that defense had something to prove after trading away Von Miller, and they came out and showed out against that Cowboys team. 
Yeah, and uh, here we go. The Chiefs, I mean, unfortunately for you, you picked them to lose last week. Um, However, I mean, I will say they didn't necessarily play deserving of a win on the offensive side of the ball. Patrick Mahomes, 166 passing yards. I mean, who is he, Brody Croyle or (laughs) Matt Castle? I mean, I understand there are some drops by, you know, players that you expect to make big-time plays. McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey actually had at least one drop that I saw. Josh Gordon with a drop. You know, that's yards off the board, stats off the board. But still, just the offense cannot seem to figure it out. I don't know what it is, and it is very ironic that the defense was bailing them out for most of the game on Sunday. Yeah, and even though I did pick the Packers, I still feel good about having picked the Packers in that game because I really think they should have won. Uh, The Chiefs played poorly, and the only thing that kept the Chiefs in this game was the Packers' abysmal performance on special teams. Uh, They had a missed field goal. They had a blocked field goal, and they also had that fumble on the punt return. And just an abysmal performance. They finished with two turnovers on the day. Chiefs, obviously, for the first time, had none. Miracle game out of, out of them <laughs> in that regard. But like I kind of talked about last week, the Packers ran the ball effectively. Uh, just over 4.9 yards per carry. 122 rushing yards. But they went 0 for 1 in the red zone. So that ends up, obviously, that and the missed field goals really cost them this ball game and obviously that late interception in the end zone to Legarius Sneed really I believe it was Sneed uh, sealed the deal for the Chiefs in this game but yeah Chiefs offense played piss poor they had a good opening drive go down the field and score after that we really got enough from that offense yeah and you know I'm really going to highlight the defense's performance in this game you know albeit this game is a whole lot different if Aaron Rodgers, who is probably one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time, plays in this game. Mm-hmm. But you can only play against who takes the field against you. Obviously, Rodgers was not there. Jordan Love making his NFL regular season starting debut. Um, and Spags really had it out for him. 51% of the time, the Chiefs blitzed, which is just outrageous. You would never, ever do that against a seasoned NFL quarterback. And had the Chiefs done that against Aaron Rodgers, the Chiefs would have been blown out. No, yeah, and Jordan Love looked over his head. Uh, The Chiefs were able to use single coverage on Devontae Adams, just straight up go man-to-man, which would be insane if they tried that against Rodgers. But Love barely was able to hook up with him. Uh, Adams finished with six catches, on 14 targets for just 42 yards on the day. And I remember watching one play specifically. uh, Packers had a run on, and oftentimes Rodgers would look over to Adams on this play, corners playing seven, eight yards off. Adams kind of started off the line, like, looking over. Jordan throwing the ball, and it would have been an easy, like, six, seven yards for Devontae. But that was just a little thing that told me that Jordan Love really is not the answer for the Packers right now. So they will be happy to get Aaron Rodgers back. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he ends up playing this week. I don't believe he will. 
um, the Packers really went away from what they could have done to really beat the Chiefs, and that was running the football. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, both did not have terrible days on the ground, and why Matt LaFleur elected to go with uh, continually having Jordan Love drop back and try to throw when he was getting blitzed so much, it just doesn't make sense to me. The Chiefs' offense, aside from, I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now, Kelsey somehow had 5 for 68, um, but that was majorly coming from the 25-yard catch that he had. Um, You know, not a whole lot of production from anybody, and time and time again, Fox and Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, they're showing replays of these plays where Mahomes is just slinging the ball deep, which has worked in years past. But then you look closer and you got a Travis Kelsey running wide open over the middle. Um, And those are the kind of plays that Patrick Mahomes has got to just take that easy 10 to 15 yard pass and let his playmakers make plays. He's got to know that he does not have the accuracy that he's had in the past. No, right now, Mahomes needs to be more content with taking some, like you talked about, some intermediate throws over the middle of the field and not necessarily having to find Tyree Kill or Michael Harden on that deep ball. Obviously, it's great when we can hit those. But right now, he's trying to force that. And I think one thing that he really needs to start doing, something I've kind of picked up on, is he's just not trusting the concept. Like he's getting out of the pocket way too early. He's getting off of, you know, there was a red zone play where he got off of Travis Kelsey and Kelsey ended up getting open, but he just bailed from the pocket too quickly. And he had, if he just would have waited, he could have hit Kelsey in the end zone. So I don't know if it's not a full trust of the offensive line. If, there's something going on in his life, but this is not the same Patrick Mahomes we're used to seeing. Yeah, and I agree there. And last week we came on this very show and we said, you know, the Chiefs need to run the ball more. They did run the ball more. Now, were they as effective? I don't know. I think the play calling could have stand to change. They would have a pretty good run on first down most times, and then it seemed like Andy Reid would just go straight back to throwing the ball two consecutive times even when it wasn't working. Yeah, overall, the offense, again, was not just not very efficient. Uh, Darrell Williams was okay on the day, 19 carries, 70 yards. Uh, some of the problems were getting into those some of those third-down scenarios. Uh, Chiefs ended up 5 for 14 on the day, so there would be a couple plays where Darrell would only pick up two or three. Because overall, they – 3.1 yards per carry, that's that's not great. Uh, we would, we needed to see a lot better if we're really going to actually run the ball effectively on teams. So they got to figure it out. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one more thing about this game, and then we can transition to talk about next week's game. I just want to say something here regarding Jordan Love's mom. <laughs> Have you oh ever seen someone from an opposing fan base coming into Arrowhead to watch their son play for the first time as a starting NFL quarterback, and they were sitting in row ZZ of the upper deck. I, I mean, it. the camera had to zoom in so far just to find him. I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs could have done better or the Packers could have done better yeah, or I'm something. I'm not sure exactly how that works in the NFL, if you know the Chiefs just provide those tickets to the Packers or 
know, the Packers asked for that, but holy cow, Mama Love had to sit at the top of the stadium. You know, you're about to fall out of the stadium sitting up there. <laughs> it's a miracle her nose wouldn't bleed. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, now on to uh, the next week, the Chiefs. Sunday night football against the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders have had um, some pretty big off-the-field issues just in the last month. John Gruden fired Henry Ruggs uh, in jail. And then uh, Damon Arnett acting a fool on TikTok, pointing guns at the camera, saying he's going to kill people, and he gets released. So the Raiders, in addition to their off-the-field problems, I feel have had... Uh, Their problems on the field as well. You go back the last three weeks, they're not scoring like they used to. um, And they got beat by the Giants last week. So what do you make of the Raiders? Yeah, I think uh, it was a clear distraction for the Raiders. Uh, Unfortunately, with that rug situation, obviously horrible incident that he ends up killing a person uh, because he chose to drive drunk. Unfortunate there. And I think that obviously weighed heavy on uh, the staff and the team and that definitely can have an impact uh, when you're out there on Sundays. So not necessarily a shock that they end up losing that game to the Giants. I think they're a better team. Um, But heading into this game against the Chiefs, uh, I think they'll be glad to get rid of Damon Arnett at this point. Uh, He was a disappointing first-round pick for them. Obviously the -the off-the-field stuff, but even coming into this year, he had been benched and was kind of playing more in a reserve role. So. I don't think that's a huge loss for the Raiders. Uh, Chiefs are actually favored in this game, which kind of surprised me at two and a half points favorites going into Las Vegas. Uh, Raiders has given the Chiefs trouble in the past. Uh, Derek Carr has kind of thrown at will against Spags in this defense. And uh, with the Raiders adding Deshaun Jackson, kind of like I, I thought they would, I mentioned them as a, la- a yeah, landing spot uh, for Deshaun. Wouldn't be surprised if they're able to stress the field a little bit, even with the loss of uh, Henry Ruggs. So. Yeah, and say what you will about Derek Carr. He really has turned in some pretty good performances um, in his career, uh, specifically against the Chiefs when he's not playing in cold weather. Um, but I, I think that Derek Carr is you know, easily a top 10 quarterback in this league. Um, And he's continuing to improve in his decision-making, which I think was a knock on him early on. But he's got a lot of weapons around him. Of course, they got Darren Waller, who is uh, Travis Kelsey light, as I like to say. Although Waller actually may be having a better year at this point. Um, But I think it's going to be a close game. And I think the Chiefs, The question here is, is the Chiefs offense going to show up? Because if the Chiefs offense plays like they have the last three weeks, they're not going to win this game. I just don't see it happening. Not in a raucous environment that's going to be Las Vegas. Now, if you remember, this is the first time the Chiefs will have played the Raiders in their new stadium with fans. Last year, the Chiefs went there also on Sunday Night Football and won in dramatic fashion as Patrick Mahomes led the team down the field on the last drive of the game and threw a wide-open touchdown to Travis Kelsey uh, to win the game. Now, the Chiefs' offense, obviously they're going to have to step it up. What can the defense do to help neutralize 
Darren Waller and maybe force Carr to utilize somebody else. So what the Chiefs are going to need to do to slow down Darren Waller is double cover him, honestly. Uh, if you're not going to double cover it, you need to at least chip him off the line of scrimmage. So putting, you know, Frank Clark or somebody lined up outside of him when he's in tight to the formation to just get hands on. Because I will take slowing down Waller before I will getting a pass rush. Because I trust the rest of our corners to cover guys like Deshaun Jackson and Brian Edwards. Waller is going to be key between him and Josh Jacobs for this Raiders offense. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tyron Matthew matched up in man coverage against Waller on a few plays, but that's a significant uh, size advantage for Waller. So I think the Chiefs are going to have to chip him at the line of scrimmage, try and slow him down, don't let him get an easy release, kind of get someone pressed up there on him, um, or bracket him with you know a linebacker and a Fayou. So Yeah, and I think that Frank Clark... Um, he's going to be critical in this game. Uh, he's come to play the last two weeks, had his last two weeks of the season. Also, consequently, the last two weeks of the season are the only two weeks of the season which he was on the field suited up. I mean, he was there, but he just wasn't doing anything, it seemed like. So Frank Clark, I look for him to hopefully have a good day. Um, i like to see more out of Chris Jones, although I feel like Chris Jones is kind of having a year where, you know, he is doing things. He's just not ending up in the stat sheet. He's affecting the game in different ways than just, you know, sacks and tackles yep. for loss. Uh, and offensively, on it now, Chiefs need to score thirty to win this game. If they don't get over thirty points. Raiders will win this ball game. I I would tend to agree. And then now the uh, breaking news out of the NFL. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., who has sent all of us on this roller coaster ride for the last day and a half now, uh, signed with the Los Angeles Rams, who, according to you know all the big wig reporters at ESPN and Fox, the Rams were not even in consideration, at least so we thought, to sign Beckham. What do you make of his decision to go to L.A., where there's clearly two guys ahead of him, uh, versus you know not wanting to play for the uh, Chiefs. So I am surprised that he went to Los Angeles over... I never thought the Saints were talked about as a team. The Patriots were talked about. I didn't really buy those two. I really thought this would come down to the Chiefs and the Packers somewhere where he could have a clearly defined number two role behind Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill. Uh, in this case, he chose to go with the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay. Now, from a football perspective, this is going to give the Rams a real opportunity to live in 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. Um, obviously, Odell has been the guy past year in Cleveland. They had Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and even dating back to the New York Giants, he was kind of relied upon as that number one receiver. That hasn't worked out with Cleveland at all. He had one 1,000-yard season, played just seven games in 2020. And so now some of the pressure is going to be lifted off him. And I can't help but wonder if that was somewhat of an impact 
on his play there in Cleveland and might have played into his likely poor relationship with Baker Mayfield. So going to a Rams team that knows, you know, Sean McVay's great at getting guys wide open. He's done it several times with Cooper Cup this season. I mean, Jared Goff hasn't won a single game in his career without Sean McVay. <laughs> and uh, to get a guy like Matthew Stafford, I think this is a huge move for the Rams getting Odell, and I think he'd give me an explosive player for him. Yeah, you know, and of course, I, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether or not I would have liked to see him in a Chiefs I uniform. In a <laughs> I feel like, I mean, yeah, it would have been an upgrade, certainly over Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, in terms of the ability oh. to get open and create separation, as well as, you know, running towards your end zone and not the opposing team's end zone. That's always a plus as well. Um, however, you look at how the Chiefs have handled Josh Gordon. Now, be it, it's a little bit different situation. Josh Gordon out of the league, out of the game for um, a little while prior to signing with the Chiefs. But we've now had the Josh Gordon experiment for about a month and a half, and there's nothing really to show for it. So how long would it take Odell Beckham to get in and get really involved? I don't know that he would be able to make an immediate impact, as the Chiefs have shown in the past that players that join their teams in the middle of the year typically take at least a month, it seems mm-hmm. like, to actually you know, become it's productive. Tricky anytime you're getting involved middle of the season, getting caught up with the offensive scheme, especially a guy like Andy Reid, uh, they have a lot going on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so... I just I think the Chiefs need something at that number two receiver spot, and where it's it's going to have to be a late a later season addition. Obviously, if someone else you know ends up asking for a release, getting cut, whatever it may be. But as it stands right now, I can't see the Chiefs making a run without improving that number two receiver spot. Yeah, I'll tell you what, and if they don't change something. During the season, they had better change it in the off season. Otherwise, we're going to see the same type of thing next year. All right, moving on to the picks of the week. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you did not take any of Isaiah's advice when it came to picking games last week, especially if you were gambling, because he went 6-8. and eight. Not a good week, <laughs> but we'll see if we can do better this week. We got the Ravens and the Dolphins tonight, uh, Thursday night football. I think this is a no-brainer. I think the Ravens take yeah, this. Yeah, no-brainers have been interesting the past couple weeks with the uh, the uh, Jaguars <laughs> and Jets pulling off some interesting games. Uh, but I do like the Ravens tonight. Uh, eight and a half point favorites. It'll be Jacoby Brissett again for the Dolphins. Uh, I like the Ravens to run all over. Dolphins are a heavy man coverage team. And Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews can really take advantage of that. I think Ravens walk away from this one. Saints going to Nashville to play the Titans. Titans coming off a massive win on Sunday Night Football last week against the Los Angeles Rams. This is going to be a good game. We're going to find out more about the Titans and see how they're going to proceed without Derrick Henry. Um, because they are playing at home, I tend to like the Titans in yeah, this game. Yeah, first week here in Nashville, and I'm already going to pick against the Titans. Uh, 
the Rams' <laughs> offensive line doesn't come close to what the Saints have up front. And uh, I think the Saints control the line of scrimmage here in this game. Assuming Alvin Kamara plays, he's, he hasn't practiced this week. So if Kamara plays, Saints. If not, Titans. So that's my one caveat. All right. Bills going to the Meadowlands to face the Jets and hopefully my uh, favorite quarterback not named Patrick Mahomes, Mike White. I like to think the Bills, you know, win this game, but we saw last week what happened when they played a clearly inferior team in the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. They got beat. So do the Bills right the ship here or do they oh, fall on the road? The ship. This has to be a bounce back week for them. I think this team will wake up after an embarrassing loss in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, coming back to the New York area for Buffalo, and I think Josh Allen will uh, light up New York Jets defense. The Lions and the Steelers. The Detroit Lions are fresh off of a bye, uh, and also fresh off of a schlacking by the Philadelphia Eagles the week before that. Uh, they're on the road in Pittsburgh. I don't know if they stand yeah, a chance. Yeah, Pittsburgh's eight point favorites in this game that concerns me slightly uh but i just think the steelers defense jared goff is awful as i said earlier has not had a single win in his career without sean McVay, and so i just can't see mike tomlin and company uh losing this game so i'll take the steelers here so you want to call it right now? Will the Lions win a game this well, year? We'd have to check the Lions' schedule for the rest of the season. Let's look at this, because I'm actually curious now if they can win. The, the, the Lions did just claim uh, former Titans receiver Khalif Raymond off of waivers. Uh, so And they need help in their receiver room, so he should help. But I don't think not going to be enough. Um... All right, Lions go at Pittsburgh, nope, at Cleveland. First Chicago could be an interesting game. First Minnesota at Denver versus Arizona at Atlanta. All right, I'm going to say they win one of the games, whether it's Chicago or Atlanta. The Lions are coming out of here with a win. <laughs> Jaguars victorious over the Bills last week. They head to Indianapolis to play the Colts. I think the Colts will win this game. Carson Wentz, you never know what you you're going to get, it seems like. Carson. Uh, obviously, Jaguars have the number one pick this year. Trevor Lawrence, uh, fun fact, the only game the Jaguars won last year was against the Colts week one of the season. They're not going to beat the Colts again. Colts walk away with this one. The Bucks and the Washington football team, uh, Brady and the Bucks coming off the bye. Um, I think they have absolutely no problem playing the Washington right, football team. All right, this my upset special of the week, the Washington oh, football boy. team. This was a team that made the playoffs last year under Ron Rivera. They're struggling heavily this season, obviously, but that defensive front is still a force to be reckoned with. They've struggled, but one thing you can do against Tom Brady is really push the pocket, and I think this Washington team can do that, and I like them to pull off the upset at home. 
they did play them tight last year in that playoff game. I do remember that. So, and that was and the uh, Heineke Taylor Heineke still game. There, so let's go, Taylor. <laughs> the Browns and the Patriots at Foxborough. Uh, to me, this game is kind of a toss-up. Um, the Patriots, you know, they got a real chance to make the playoffs. Um, the Browns are kind of trending the other direction. Yeah, this is a tough game uh, with the Browns possibly missing Nick Chubb due to COVID protocols uh, and Kareem Hunt still being out. And so with that said, I will take the Patriots because I just do not trust Baker Mayfield to go win this game with Dearness Johnson as his lead tailback. The Browns have, you know, have shown they can be pretty productive with any running back back there. But I think Bill Belichick will have a great game plan for this week, and he'll protect Mac Jones, and the Patriots will find a way to win this game. Two weeks ago, I would have told you that the Cowboys would have had no problem playing the Atlanta Falcons in Jerry World. However, after last week, I don't know. It all depends on the health of Dak Prescott as yeah, to how Dak this game's going to go. Yeah, Dak needs to be healthy. Uh, this... I see this game being a total shootout. Uh, the Cowboys are missing Randy Gregory now, who is out with an injury. They also are missing Marcus Lawrence on the defensive line. And so they're not going to be able to get pressure on Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan played extremely well against a great Saints defense last week. And so I would not be surprised if this game is close. And I think there will be a lot of points between these two teams, but I like the Cowboys to sit down. Panthers and Cardinals. I'm pretty sure the Panthers have an AAF or XFL quarterback starting for them this week in the interim until Cam Newton is ready to go. Um, Cardinals at home. Is Kyler Murray going to be available in this game? Yeah, that's the big question for the Cardinals. Obviously, the Cardinals pulled off a huge upset last week. Um over the San Francisco 49ers at the 49ers, missing Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Colt McCoy goes in there and gets the win. Um, but the Panthers, you know, what they have offensively, obviously they signed Cam Newton today. So that's something I'd be excited about as a Panthers fan. Uh, but I would not be excited about P.J. Walker and this Panthers offense this week, I think the Cardinals are a much more talented team. And I think the Cardinals will get the victory here, even if Walker plays better than Darnold would have, which won't shock me at all. <laughs> Not hard to do that, it seems. Um, Vikings and Chargers. Chargers playing a little rough lately. This seems to be a pretty even matchup as well, yep, in my Chargers opinion. Chargers snuck out with a win against the Eagles. Of course, the Chargers last week had some fourth down conversions that didn't go their way. Otherwise, that game wouldn't have been as close. But that defense really struggled to stop Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense, which the Eagles offense hasn't been great this year. And so, uh, renowned defensive coach Brian Staley is having trouble against teams that can run the ball this year. And if Dalvin Cook is able to play, obviously there's some pretty awful uh, evidence out there against Dalvin Cook right now with domestic violence. Um, hope everyone gets right in that situation, whatever went on there. Um, but if he does end up playing in this game, I think the Vikings can go into Los Angeles and win. 
Um, the Vikings have played tight games all season. They just lost to the Ravens in overtime last week. I thought they could win that game. They blew a 14-point lead. Tough deal there, but I will take the Vikings again this week. Yeah, a Chiefs win and a Chargers loss would be great for the division, and I believe the Chiefs would then be tied for first place with the Raiders at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, The Seahawks and the Packers, no Aaron Rodgers, presumably. It's very possible that he'll play. Um, He has to clear by Saturday, and they're acting like it's going to happen. Well, if he does play, I, I don't know that this game is going to go any direction but the Packers. I like Russell Wilson. I really do. But I just feel like he doesn't have enough around him, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to stop Aaron Rodgers. No, I like the Packers in this game. And honestly, even if it were uh, Jordan Love, I think I'd still go with the Packers. This is a really good Packers team, both on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. They can run the ball, even if they got away from it against the Chiefs. And, yeah, I like the Packers in this game either way, whoever's a quarterback. Probably the most unappetizing game of the day for some reason. The Eagles and the Broncos. I could care less about this game, but if the Broncos play like they did last week, I got to think that they're just going to take it to the Eagles. Yeah, the Broncos uh, should be able to win this one. Uh, Vic Fangio leads a great defense, and it's you know going up against first-year head coach Vic Sirianni. I think they'll be able to slow down the Eagles' rushing attack uh, and the Broncos' corners, whether it's Patrick Sertan um, or you know, A.J. Boye, whoever. They'll be able to slow down Devonta Smith and the Eagles and Broncos will be able to do enough offensively to pull this out. Monday night, Rams against the 49ers in Santa Clara. Who do you like here? Uh, I like the Rams. The Niners have been one of my surprising teams this year, 3-5. and five. I thought they'd be a lot better than they are. Uh, turns out the Cardinals are a lot better than a lot of people thought. So I like the Rams to go into Santa Clara and beat the 49ers. Uh, I, I can't see them slowing down Matt Stafford and company. All right, well, it's that time again. And you know what? Chiefs and the Raiders Sunday Night Football on NBC out in Las Vegas. And I'm going to double down on my prediction from the following week. If you listened last week and you recall, I said that if the Chiefs beat the Packers, they're going to go into Las Vegas and they're going to beat the Raiders and then they're going to make the playoffs. And you know what? I got to stick to my guns. I think it's going to be a really tight game. And I think it's going to come down to a couple of plays. And it's all about whether or not the offense plays to its potential. Now, if the offense comes out and does what they did last week or the week before or the week before, for that matter, they are not going to win this game. But I think at some point things have got to click and Patrick Mahomes has got to start taking what is there instead of forcing things. And I think this is the week that he finally figures it out, even though we've been saying that for several weeks at this point. Uh, The Chiefs need to play turnover-free football. Uh, Raiders have a strong rushing attack, so they can't afford to give up any possessions against this Raiders team that can chew up some clock. 
And so Patrick Mahomes and company take care of the football. Don't put the ball on the ground. I like the Chiefs to be able to score against this Raiders team defense. Max Crosby's been a premier pass rusher this year. Uh, Casey Hayward played well for them at corner, but he does not have the speed to match up with Tyree Hill. And they don't have anyone on that team that can cover Travis Kelsey. So I'm going to go Chiefs. As nervous as that makes me, I will take Kansas City in this game. <laughs> I will hate myself until Sunday at 10 o'clock. All right, guys. Well, that is it for this week. That's week three. You can catch my man Isaiah Monday mornings coaching malpractice on the ColorCast app. As for us, we'll be back next week, hopefully with the Chiefs W. We're out.